0: Welcome to the Digital Dudes Podcast. I've got a couple of special guests here. Also, I am David, if you don't recognize my voice, but next I'll pass it over to Adam. (laughs) Who are you, Adam?
1: Yeah, I'm the uh, director of paid media here at Digital.
0: And then we got Megan. Megan, um,
2: I'm the digital strategy lead for the paid media department.
0: Awesome. And these two, um, is
1: podcasting all the way from Mexico, international podcast.
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. When I asked her what she had for breakfast, I, she said smoothie. I thought she was going to say street tacos. Uh, I don't know if that's like inappropriate <laughs> no, for me I, to say, I but I was really,
2: like, I, I told Adam this, I went, I, I was too excited about the tacos when I first, I mean, I've, I've been in Mexico quite a bit for the last like three months, but, um, in January when I got here, I had, I think at least three tacos a day, if not like six tortillas. And it got, it got out of hand pretty fast. So I'm starting to try to take advantage of the, the fresh fruits and vegetables more so than the tortillas.
0: Yeah. Good move. Um, well, you two, um, Smarty Pants, have done some case studies and you thought it'd be really good to, to get on and tell our audience about what you learned. So in this first of I don't know, hopefully many short episodes, you guys wanted to go through some of your results. So the first result, I don't know if you guys have a fancier name for this, but my, your notes to me say neighborhood keywords. It doesn't exactly give me goosebumps, guys. Uh, so <laughs> maybe if you could get into this case study and and tell me why I should be excited.
1: Totally, I mean, yeah, there's nothing more excited than paid search keywords. Um, but yeah, so what we wanted to really test out was, how do neighborhood-specific keywords or sub-market keywords compare to your broader search terms like city? So, for example, would be apartments in Lodo um, versus apartments in Denver. Um, what's their performance like? What's the demand like? And then how do they perform, obviously on the on the back end as well?
2: Yeah, and I'll say this. Um- This test kind of stimulated from we did a matchback report for a few properties, and we were noticing the trend of a lot of um, unqualified leads coming from broader location terms. So like apartments, Charlotte or apartments, Denver um, just wasn't quite specific enough. So we wanted to kind of dive into an account that didn't have neighborhood keywords set up, um, set those up and see how they differentiated in performance compared to um, larger city keywords.
0: Awesome. So what did we determine? Like, what are my, let's say I'm a marketing manager. What do I take out of this? Who do I tell, what do I tell my vendor to do?
2: Yeah, you I give us, the... <laughs> Go ahead, Go ahead uh, Megan. I was just gonna uh, say, you give uh, us the specific, as specific market um, location details as possible. Uh, it really does make a big difference for performance. We saw, um, for this one account specifically, we saw click through rate increase by eleven percent um, compared to those broader location terms. CPL decreased by seventy five percent, and CPC decreased by ten percent. So it was pretty, a pretty um, stark contrast.
1: Yeah, I think it's uh, for those the bigger the market, the more impact this will have. Um, like Denver and Charlotte, similar sized markets, but if you move into those, like, you know, the the big the big cities like chicago obviously like those submarkets are so different from one another that the the bigger your city the the more impactful these kind of submarket keywords are and the more important they are to the strategy and it's a really easy and efficient way just to drive quality leads and keep your cost per lead down
0: and ha- have you guys noticed i mean are you getting these mostly from clients or do you guys do some neighborhood research like for example, I always go on the Google Maps and then I scroll in and I look for the neighborhood name. I just got to imagine if I'm relocating to the market, that's probably how I'm going to search for my neighborhood, right? But we all, but locally, people call it something very different than what Google Maps is. I don't know where Google gets these neighborhoods, but it's not what locals tell you. So is, yep. is there a difference in what you use?
1: Um, client data is always going to be the most insightful because they're the ones most close to that market. Um, but if we get nothing, we'll always go and check in Google maps. But like you said, it's even in, in Denver, right? If you were to zoom in, it would be like lower downtown, but everyone in Denver calls it Lodo. um, into the same thing. If you're relocating, um, you know, when I was relocating to Denver, I didn't know the difference between lower highlands, lower downtown wash park. You know, I don't know what the difference is in e- either of those. So I'm just like apartments for rent Denver. And then I just go in from there. Cause I don't know anything about these submarkets. but for people who are, I'll say very familiar with the market, like they know they want to live in Lodo, low high Manhattan, wherever.
0: Yeah. Megan, let's ask when you went to Mexico, did you look up that neighborhood?
2: <laughs> um, no, to be honest, I'm still confused where I am half the time. <laughs> um, so I, <laughs> I came to Mexico because my brother lives here. He lives in Cholula, but there's a few different Cholulas. There's San San Andres Cholula, and then a different Cholula. So um, there's definitely submarkets here, but I'm still confused where I am. Yeah. So.
0: (laughs) Well, I only in the last like nine months learned that Bailey has neighborhoods and what neighborhood I live in in Bailey. So it's one of those things. (laughs) I feel like when you know, you know, and you're like, it's got to be there. But when you don't know, it's like. Someone may tell you, or you may look up the zip code, or you may use this neighborhood name. All that all that to say, I guess, uh, from your guys' data, like some of those improvements on like 10% cost per click improvement and some of those other metrics, that's significant enough. Cause usually when you look at a search campaign, if you can get, and you guys correct me if I'm wrong here, but if you can get like two or three percent improvement of performance, it's like, let's do that. Because most of these tests are not like a hundred percent improvement, it is like micro improvements. Right. So to see something that's a double digit improvement. That's, to me, a pretty significant finding.
1: Yeah, it's it's super significant. Like you said, it's just a, a lot of small wins that'll pile up on top of each other. So yeah, these are definitely just an easier way. And, and it's typical, I'll say, of most stuff, like the more specific a search, the higher qualified that, that user is. Uh, but it's also, sometimes those qualified, more qualified leads or users can be also more expensive. But in this case, they're actually less expensive, which is a double, double win.
0: Yeah, that's a great point. Cool. Well, anything else we should know before we get out of here?
1: If you're in a big market, make sure you include submarket keywords.
2: Yeah, that's really, I was going to say, take into consideration, um, the market, obviously for bigger cities, this is going to make a bigger difference, but in general, the more specific you can get with your search campaigns and search targeting, um, the better performance you'll see.
0: Sorry. I have one more question how how do you guys feel about fibbing on the market? Like, let's say I'm like kind of in the next neighborhood. Do I target neighboring neighborhoods?
2: Um, That's a great question. I'm doing, I'm testing that currently. There um, are ah. some properties in, they're in Minnetonka, but we're saying um, St. Louis Park, just because it's a little bit nicer of a, a region. So I'm told at least, um, but they're, so close. It's just like down the street from being listed in St. Louis Park, um, which has actually helped gain a lot of traction. So I would say do it carefully. Um, But there, there is possibility there.
1: Yeah. I would say as long as you're in line with, uh, I'll say like the target demographic, like if you're, I'll use like Chicago, for example, but like Wrigleyville is a way different demographic than Old Town. So if you're on the cusp, as long as you're like little, you know your street your block is in line with that demographic of the keyword you're putting in there then i think it makes sense
0: yeah obviously we we've all been doing a lot of work around fair housing too so as long as you're conscious about fair housing it's not like you know what i'm in the whatever uh a very low uh expense low expense low, low cost of town and then i'm targeting beverly hills only and that's it then that can get you in some trouble. So really interesting. But it, it, I love this test making because I'd love to learn, like, should I target every neighborhood around me to expand that, right? Or should I just say, nope, just my neighborhood are the only keywords I would use. And then I'm sure you're doing this, but how do you position the copy? Because you don't want to misrepresent and say that I am in that neighborhood. It's just like, I may show up, Mm -hmm. you know, and now I'm minutes away from whatever neighborhood.
2: Right, I mean, it's kind of the inverse of this test if you're working with a smaller market or a less desirable market, it's how do you how do you flip that and still gain the the right interest versus this test is trying to narrow down the interest so we hit the right people um, but both present their own challenges.
0: Cool. all right, well, thanks for the info and uh, sounds like the first in a series episode one of at least two. <laughs> See you Definitely. guys.